Okay, welcome to HQLA episode 32. Here we are interviewing Sergio Matai. Uh, Sergio is a multi-time founder. He's an angel investor. He's a business runner. He's currently running Index Dev. Uh, and we're going to have a look at a few of the, the different exciting projects he's involved in um, as well as that. Uh, welcome to our interview with Sergio. Thank you so much for joining us, Sergio. Seriously, really, really appreciate it. I know you're busy. We looked at your LinkedIn. It is full um, for sure. And so um, I'm sure you've got plenty of things to do. And so we honestly really appreciate one of those things being talking to us. My pleasure. Great speaking with you. Okay, great. So if you don't mind, uh, I was doing a little bit of background research and I noticed a few little interesting highlights. If we could maybe chat about them, you could give us some reflections on your experience. The first one was, it looked to me like maybe just taking it right back to the very start. The first job you ever had was at Hertz. Is that true? At, at the, the car rental yes. company? Yes. I, uh, That's a big company. I created a website for Moldavian. Uh, I'm Moldavian. I was born in Moldova. And at that time, I created a website for Hertz.md. That's the domain name for Moldova. So uh, yeah, that was uh, long 20 years ago, a long time. 20 years. That's, that's wild. And, and maybe before that, what was your experience? Like, did you do some study leading up to that point? Um, what, what, what was your experience before that? I was good at math. And then, uh, the, I was lucky. My, uh, I had a good, uh, informatics, uh, teacher. I played with, um, at that time, I think it was flash HTML, uh, sort of creating websites it was back in, I think 2005 or something. Yeah. Wow. Um, and actually a friend of mine uh, worked for this company and then they were looking to develop a website and there was no, nothing there. I mean, you hardly could find somebody to build a website at that time. And I was, wow. yeah, I kind of learned myself, taught myself to, to do it. And I made my first uh, real work through this. Yeah, That's crazy. Um, Isaac and I, a, a while ago, spoke to a guy based in Melbourne actually named Matt Allen. And there's no expectation you would know him, but he is kind of like a vent, venture capitalist here in, in Melbourne. And he has a, like a kind of like a development background, which is really similar to yours, which is so cool, which was basically he saw a need, which was someone just needed to create a website. And I think probably a pretty similar period of time to you where people realized they needed web exposure, but they didn't really know how to do that and what that meant. Um, and similar to you, just kind of jumped in, learned it. Um, and so that's really interesting to see people like yourself who've really gone on to be very successful in business and tech um, and not necessarily maybe having like a classical background uh, in that area, I think is very empowering for people who are interested in that field. Uh, maybe the next thing, if you don't mind, um, is the first um, company that you started. So this is, you're saying 2004, 2005. So this is maybe like five years later from that time, uh, Travod, hopefully I'm, yes. I'm pronouncing that correct. From my interpretation, it looks like it's still live. It's still operating. I'm assuming maybe under a different ownership now. It looks to me like when you first initiated, at least, it helped businesses go global. Is that an accurate description? Yeah. Could you tell us a bit yeah. more about that? Uh, yeah. At that time, uh, we've, I started it with, uh, we were three co-founders and um, I joined the team. Um, my co-founder started the company initially and then... Uh, uh, asked me to to join and to to scale to to grow the business. Uh, we created Travod at that time. It was 2010 and became uh, top. Uh, I think we're uh, right now top 20 in the UK and globally we're wow. top 100. There is a rating in terms of revenue, in terms of sort of uh, customers uh, in the world of this. Uh, there are thousands of translation companies, but we're top 100 right now in the world. I'm involved uh, on the board of the business. It was uh, my first company, my real uh, business, and we we managed to build this um, network of translators. Like we have thousands of translators in country around the world, and then we help businesses translate content by involving those translators in um, website translation. Might be book translation, man manuals, a lot of text. Uh, subtitling for movies, 
even uh, transcription at some times. That's so interesting. And you can, it's, it's, it's not hard to see some bit of like a bit of a link between that concept and the concept that you're working on now, um, which maybe at its core is gathering people with certain skills who can't find work, finding the people who need the work done and linking the two, which we'll get onto a little bit later, but that's very interesting that you kind of picked up on that almost a niche that applies in different uh, contexts, which is really interesting. Um, maybe a question, um, generally speaking. So what, so up until this point, you've been good at math. Um, you seem to find a bit of a interest in programming and developing uh, websites. You've done that for Hertz and maybe a few other projects I'm assuming up until that point. But what was the switch to you to like take the leap and do something for yourself? Because a lot, there's a lot of people out there who are great at developing. There's a lot of people out there who have all those skills, but they don't have like the grit or the, uh, I guess, the energy to go out and do something for themselves. So what made you like make that decision? Yeah, that's a great question. I I, um, I worked for some time uh, for a company and it was a great experience. It was great, great team. Um, I learned a lot, but I didn't like it. I just wanted to be, um, I guess this um, uh, freedom, uh, sort of male kind of energy that we're, we're always sick, like of freedom. Um, and entrepreneurship provides that. And I think that was the uh, one of the value I was looking for. Yeah, I think I always lo- loved this journey of uh, building something from, from nothing or uh, uh, scaling, uh, in- engaging people, building teams. And unfortunately, uh, when you go into kind of uh, sort of career and um, as an employee, not all the companies provide that. So I guess I applied even for Google and um, some of those companies. They didn't hire me, so I've, I, I guess that was a little bit of luck uh, as well. I think there often is. Yeah, that's super interesting, and I think probably quite inspiring for people who are maybe considering the same thing. Maybe they've been in a job for a while and they're noticing the same desire inside themselves for a bit of freedom. And so maybe this is empowering and maybe someone will start, you know, the next big thing. So moving on a little bit. So you, you talked about founding this business with, with two other co-founders, maybe there might've been a bit of an exit there at some point. And it looked like you spent a bit of time uh, working as a mentor in accelerators, a little bit of angel investing and stuff like that. In that period of time, is there anything that kind of stands out as a highlight uh, to you? Yeah, I think, uh... Being a mentor is always great opportunity to uh, give back or help other founders, but also uh, learn from other founders. Um, when you do angel investing, you are also you invest in different industries, different uh, companies, and you learn a lot from 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 the founder. And sometimes you being alone as a founder is is a very uh, tough uh, job in itself. And then connecting and building the community of uh, of our founders, I I think that's the the hack to kind of fight that loneliness and that challenge and and also learn from our founders. I think that's uh, uh, a good thing to do. Uh, when when I was living in in San Francisco at the time, I was mentoring this leading B two B accelerator because. My, my whole background is B2B. Uh, I'm just uh, focused on serving other businesses rather than B2C business consumers. And as you mentioned, I also learn to build on my expertise or, or, or over the years, my learnings, I, I try to uh, capitalize on those. So Index itself, uh, my, my current company, uh, was because of those intersection on those uh, things. Like I learned how to build uh, international kind of companies, connecting freelancers with um, in translation f- with companies, B two B. Then uh, this website software development, connecting that, and then also living in San Francisco, and seeing how much it costs to hire an engineer. What are the challenges of companies hiring remotely? Uh, I said, okay, maybe I could do something about it. At that time, I was helping a couple of friends, connecting them from Eastern Europe with uh, companies looking to find uh, engineers in Eastern Europe. And then I said, maybe I can do a business 
uh, and scale that and provide it to thousands of people. And that's 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 how Index started. Yeah, that's a really good approach, I think, to uh, initially networking um, and finding that kind of ring of founders that you could be around so that you know, you're not like the lonely founder that's just trying to figure it out on your own. You've actually got someone there to to help out. And I think it's really cool that you can also kind of start to solve that problem by saying, oh, I actually know a bunch of people in two different countries here. Let me bridge that gap for these friends that I'm making um, and then kind of monetize that into a um, an actual business. The uh, Moving on to something a little bit more topical, one of the... Um, things that I've seen recently is CompTIA's tech jobs report uh, recently posting that there were 316,000 job postings for tech positions in March this year. Um, I've seen that April's maintained a similar level um, for tech. Uh, do you think we're past the point earlier in the year where it seemed like every tech giant was cutting tens of thousands, um, you know, 40,000, 50,000 jobs uh, at a time? And where do you think uh, the jobs are actually coming from and flowing, flowing to? Um, in these new sort of this new environment yeah. that we're sort of moving through. So a couple of things. So if you look to those layoffs uh, that happened in the last six months, majority are not tech roles. Majority are um, recruiting, might be marketing or sales. Um, companies are always hiring uh, engineering talent, and that's their core. The tech companies are looking into um, um, substituting current roles, uh, growing their tech teams, and um, really accelerating their product. Um, and in, in now it's tech winter, and um, maybe things are slowing down, but still in this time, to invest in product. That's counterintuitive. I mean, you would think maybe investing in sales or marketing, which is also um, a strategy to go more offense, but... Uh, um, the the smart thing to do is uh, to invest in product because a great product always wins and um, it's uh, just finding ways to provide value for customers through the product development. So what we see right now currently, uh, the last three months were really slow and now demand is picking up, um, especially in the US actually. Europe is still kind of uh, in this recession. Um, I I don't think what the future lies, but it seems to me um, this year will be a bit bumpy, um, ups and downs, and you would see again maybe layoffs, again maybe some bank going under, uh, you never know. But uh, um, perhaps next year, I think um, overall we should see a, a better sentiment and a better outcome uh, for the economy around the world, hopefully. So, because yeah, no recession lasted more than you know tw twenty four months or more or less. But uh, perhaps you could say we are in the recession, or maybe it will be. So nobody kind of estimates. But the overall sentiment in this year or last year as well was negative with war, with uh, layoffs, banks, and stuff. So. It seems to me there are another kind of maybe year to go. We never know. But uh, right now we are, um, let's say, seeing a bit of uh, uptake in the demand and more and more roles are getting into the market, specifically AI, uh, machine learning, uh, all of this around ChatGPT. And um, it's like a party in one part of the city, ChatGPT, and there is uh, sorrow and sadness in any other industries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's um, that's such a great way to put it because um, it's almost like the, you know, when we had the, everyone was building a, a Web3 startup uh, a year ago or two years ago, everyone was building a crypto coin and then, then they were building a Web3 and then they were, you know, uh, all these random new founders that had a had an NFT project, but they didn't really have a viable business behind that. So that was um, that was really interesting. Um, and uh, and so yeah, obviously artificial intelligence is um, is the latest hot topic at the moment. Uh, we were actually talking about the um, Auto GPT and the role in taking over not only admin jobs but uh, but dev jobs um, in our previous 
uh, episode. So that was very topical um, and sort of, you know, baby AGIs and, and uh, auto GPTs and, and what, what these kind of projects on GitHub are, are sort of showing. There was a report recently uh, that you tweeted that um, over 25% of current work tasks could kind of be automated with AI in, in sort of the next 10 years. Um, so I have a two-part question. Do you actually think that AI can, can write that code effectively? And do you think this is better or worse for these high-level knowledge workers? Overall, overall, I think it's, let, let me start with the second one. I think it's better. For example, I saw in translation when, and you have for years machine translation and uh, in, in, uh, in translation space, and it didn't displace um, uh, translators. As a matter of fact, it grew the, the amount of work to be done. So I'm, I'm more optimistic on the... On the first question, I think it won't displace uh, engineers. Um, I think it will just it will just uh, help us as as, as a humanity, as, as as the world, to solve more problems through technology. So I think you would see just faster um, things to uh, to be done in uh, in engineering. It's very helpful today what we see for mostly junior developers. To use uh, ChatGPT, um, maybe not so for more seniors, but still helps a lot into, I don't know, uh, automating testing or um, maybe maybe writing those um, parts of code or testing or playing with it in the, the, the beginning. So I think for now it's it's very positive. It will increase productivity. We could do more with less, uh, but I don't see. Um, it's displacing uh, engineers. It maybe I again never know uh, what the future lies, but maybe in five ten years that happens. If that is to happen, I think then it just displaces a lot of jobs, not just engineering. I mean, you you could argue if I mean if it translates, if it understands language, if it uh, displaces programming, and I mean. A job as an entrepreneur may be also displaced. I don't know. It, it does podcasts. You don't need yeah, yes. interviewers. Yeah. Or, That's right. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Absolutely. Right. I know. We'll just relax <laughs> on the beach and do nothing, I guess. But Well, that's right. I yeah, don't know yeah. what the solution is. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, t- I always tell Nathan I can uh, easily <laughs> replace him with an AI voice. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's our... Uh... Story of my life. <laughs> Are you struggling to get your name out there? Do you want to attract more customers? Maybe just increase your revenue? Well... Look no further than Unique. They're an all-in-one marketing agency and they'll help take your business to the next level. They believe in marketing that should be both effective and enjoyable. And I tend to agree. So they offer a range of services such as web design, branding, social media management, and lead generation. The team of experts, they'll work with you to develop a tailored marketing strategy that fits the unique needs of your business. And they don't just stop at making you look good, but they're specialized in setting up lead generating machines. Their top secret methods will help you capture and convert your leads, leading to increased sales and revenue for your unique business. So search N-E-W-N-I-Q-U-E on Google to learn more and schedule a free, yes, free marketing consultation via their website. So let Unique take your business to the next level. Index is a tech-focused recruitment platform passionate about scaling your engineering team, maintaining 95% placement success. To date, they've vetted over 8,000 developers, boasting on average more than seven years' experience across their recruits. Index supplies talent to industry-leading clients such as Omeo, a German unicorn that's raised almost 500 million USD, Perforce, a US-based leading DevOps solutions provider with over 300 million USD in annual revenue, and many others, some of which are backed by firms such as Goldman Sachs and Y Combinator. So if you're struggling to find the right talent, concerned about high employee costs and staff turnover, Index has the solution for you. Through comprehensive assessments, in-depth interviews, and a robust vetting process, Index can provide your business with the very best international tech talent in less than seven business days. For contracts greater than six months, Index is offering a 10% discount to HQLA fans the next time you hire using their platform. So yeah, so moving back more towards um, that's, that, that was really interesting about AI because um, I often think about 
how there used to be this concept of the 10x developer where this one developer in your team that was actually really good could actually produce more than 10 times what uh, the rest of, you know, these sort of junior developers or these developers that uh, are, are a bit more lazy and, and that kind of thing, that there are these 10xs that join your team and, and you can actually kind of make this super productive um, pod. And now it's almost like you're um, creating a 10x developer out of a general developer by adding AI. So it's good to kind of look at the positive benefit of um, the learning that can kind of come out of it and the and the automation um, there that's really good. So if we move more towards your index.dev, um, we, uh, we're interested in sort of the the main problem that the company tries to solve because I think companies don't just go, oh, we, we need an Eastern, Eastern European developer. We need a, you know, a developer from Latin America. Um, I, I think that they would probably be thinking, wow, it, it costs 250K because I have to compete with Google in the, in the Silicon Valley area, you know? Um, and so, yeah, what, what was the, was that the kind of the thought behind, um, how you were starting the, the business and what, what were kind of the foundations and the, the, yeah, the so, founding? So there are a couple of things. So, uh, shortage of great 10x uh, engineers it's always uh, not enough i mean for uh, what we can build and what the companies are are uh, raising money for or um, bootstrapping and developing uh, their tech products so shortage of uh, great tech talent number two is the uh, price arbitrage i mean what you have locally in the San Francisco, London, New York, or other places, it's just too much uh, compared to how much you'll pay for somebody in Colombia or in Moldova or in um, those countries. And then um, the the third one is for uh, engineers um, have this flexibility of the job working remotely, uh, working for a global startup for uh, also vetted company, so we vet engineering talent, but also we've had the startup or the company itself. So this vetting on both sides to, to make a perfect match. So I think for um, for the supply side, also we see a lot of trends of people going uh, to work remotely. People love to 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 work as contractors uh, for the startups rather than working locally and maybe being paid paid less, maybe not an interesting product to, to, to work on. And overall, as, 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 a, as a business, I think what is good about it is we create less uh, this congestion of people in one location. Like when you have a lot of talent concentration, uh-huh. it has its own advantages. Yeah. You could argue it's more creativity. You have this uh, sort of uh, in-person uh, connection and communication, but that's also, traffic, um, prices per ho- for houses, um, so a lot of uh, uh, maybe downsides. So when you combine with remote work, you can have both. You can have people in office or uh, occasionally meet at some point, but then they, they're free to work from other locations. We're just having a more distributed world. So I think what blockchain does for money is what uh, we or other companies in the space are doing for talent, creating a more, yeah, more equal, yeah, decentralized, more kind of yeah. distributed world uh, rather than location-based um, hiring. That's a that's a really good analogy um, because you can sort of consider it like um, one of the things that, say, blockchain allowed people to do is maybe invest in. They could pull together their um, funding into a DAO and they could invest in assets that they never would be able to invest in before. And without getting la- like laboring on that point, that's similar to what you're doing, where it's like you're taking people who in different corners of the world who would never be able to be a part of something like Google or something like, or anything, even like a cool small startup in San Francisco. It doesn't have to be Google. Um, and they would never be able to get exposure to that because they just simply can't move there. They can't get a visa. They can't do any of these things. And yet you're providing them, as you say, you're decentralizing their, um, uh, their ability to access that. And so I think that's really great. It's a great analogy. It's really true. So I think the question then, just for our listeners to really distinguish exactly what makes um, your business really distinct is, so obviously someone might say, well, okay, um, a, a company can jump on Fiverr and find uh, a developer. Um, that's possible. That is a solution. So I think 
obviously my read on it's quite obvious for us, but let's talk about it. The obvious thing is the vetting process, which you referred to there. In my opinion, from what I can tell, this is the thing that sort of really adds a lot of value to what you do as a platform. Could we talk a little bit about what that process looks like, whether that's changed from inception to now? Maybe you've learned things uh, throughout the process. That'd be awesome to talk, talk about. Yes, definitely. Uh, a lot of things change over, over the years. Uh, we're year four right now for the company. And uh, we in the pandemic, we just grew 10x. We just, it was uh, a big demand uh, pool for us. Um, at the same time, uh, what helped uh, sort of feel that that growth was the um, how good the engineer is. I mean, at the at the end of the day, uh, the companies choose us because they they uh, like the the talent. Um, the talent stays longer. Uh, we have a, an amazing retention rate of the of the talent because also we've had the company. So, as I said the talent also matches with the right company and in terms of uh, of vetting the, the the developer there are a couple of stages so one we we do a live interview where we check their background we check their motivation their cultural fit their english so there are a lot of layers to um vet someone background checks as well just to make sure um they're they're who they are, and there is no some uh, weird thing happening. Um, and then we do testing. We do uh, technical testing, um, depending on the customer tests. If the the client has a technical test, uh, or if there is a requirement to to do more testing on the developer. So um, uh, then you look to public profiles. You try to to check their reviews on our website. Maybe Git or maybe other websites. So there is a lot of sort of deep profile analysis that we're building, and also uh, building those profiles on the platform takes time. And uh, right now we have about seven thousand vetted engineers. Um, so that provides the depth and the the, the skill set that the companies are looking for, and then the uh, because they're we we test their motivation, their availability. We are um, matching them within days rather than months uh, with the right company. So, yeah, I guess those are the kind of um, marketplace, like Fiverr, for example, is a uh, general marketplace. Let's call it 2.0, where we're, uh, what we're building is more like managed marketplace, which is, the next kind of uh, type of marketplaces where you hire full time, where you you streamline your payments, your hiring, your sourcing, your vetting, and it's verticalized. So in Fiverr world, I mean, or Upwork world, perhaps you have all the profession and it's very generalized. Yes. In our case, yeah, it's, right. it's ju we just focused on tech talent, and that's the um, you build expertise over time just with this niche. Mm, yeah, that's good. Yeah, previously we've talked to Alex Volodarsky, who runs. I'm sure you'd um, pro probably be aware um, of that business. It's a marketplace model that connects Ukrainian developers with the um, US-based developers. So um, it's a it's a similar um, business. And he actually said the hardest part of the job was balancing the supply and the demand. Um, so he said in that case he was ensuring that he had enough developers to keep up with the companies that were applying. Uh, but he also wanted to make sure there were enough roles for his developers to fill um, to ensure that they weren't left there unemployed for a long time um, and they weren't kind of loyal to his platform because they, they would just want to leave after that. Um, is that something that you also struggle to balance in in your business? I know that um, there's, there's possibly differences between, say, a marketplace, uh, there's an agency, and there's, say, a company that would straight up employ those people and then pass on the cost later. Um, and then maybe an agency would be more of a, uh, we'll take a fee here um, for placing this person and then, you know, maybe we'll see them later. Um, whereas I think your your marketplace, it's, you were saying managed marketplace, so it seems more like something where you're sort of keeping the, retaining the talent yourself and then you can use them later for um, sort of other jobs that come up or other contracts that you want to fill. 
you already know that they've done a few good jobs with you and so they can kind of kind of do that so yeah how do you how do you find balancing say supply and demand or in other words the clients and the devs in any marketplace i mean you start with supply that's the the rule um so you build the supply and then you uh you attract the demand otherwise it doesn't work in our case we have a couple of models so number one is the managed model where you uh, we hire under the contract the developer for a full-time job and it streamlines your your hiring your, your payroll your payments um, um, we have also an account manager for each developer where we we work on the retention work on um, let's say we call it developer happiness um, making making sure that they they are uh, good with the job they like it and um, we we increase the retention so that's one model majority of our placements are in this uh, sort of type uh, the second one is when the company wants to hire the talent directly and then deal with with the talent so that's also a possibility to buy out the talent from from the platform that's like a recruiting model the last one this is more um, a project basis uh, services where we assemble a team and we take deliverables um, uh, the, more like outsourcing model but in a, not in an office you have this uh, remote team that you build around the project with project manager architect and then you deliver a project for the client with specific deadlines and um, deliverables that's less but still we do have some placements in that uh, vertical. So I think um, around those three areas, we we are um, just building a better offer and a sort of different offer for different customer needs. That's super awesome. That's a, an incredible breakdown. Those three different categorizations of the services that you offer um, is pretty comprehensive. I was actually, I was chatting with like earlier and questioning, I wonder whether you would um, consider or have capacity to, let's say, for example, a startup, maybe they've had a previous exit, but both of the founders are non-technical and they want to start a new project. They've got a cool concept, but they've got no one to undertake the technical elements of it. It sounds to me like you could assemble a team, as you said, and basically like insert technical founders, you know, maybe not founders, but insert technical first staff members um, who can jump in and actually make that stuff work. It, would that be correct? Actually, I, I don't recommend founders to start a tech uh, product if they're not technical. If one of the founders is, is not technical, I think that's, I mean, you're building a tech product. I mean, if you don't have somebody on, the, on your tech sort of founding team, a technical person, it's just not going to work long-term, in my opinion. I, I saw that happening uh, with some founders, but uh I think those founders don't need the index. I think they, they just can manage themselves and hire a team and do it by themselves anyway. So I think you need to have a technical expertise or if they're not founders, they need to have equity. You're like your first engineer, lead engineer, you need to give them equity. So they're, they have the buyout and they're committed. The ownership is there. Uh, and then we can help. Then we can uh, assemble a team. We could scale that team or uh, build a product around that team but you have to have somebody uh, technical so if you don't then i think you should find one and then that's a good clarification so you like to work with a technical representative at the company and then you can basically sort out the yes rest by, the, by the sounds of it and that it makes a lot of sense yeah. so you've talked about sort of how you run a technical uh side of recruiting and how that works do you think this idea works just as well for other recruiting niches? Uh, for example, if you wanted to start a design outsourcing company uh, or a video editing outsourcing company or an accountancy outsourcing company, um, do you think that uh, would work for taking that international talent and sort of doing that? Or do you think this only works in sort of that tech talent where it is already a job that can be done so remotely? Yeah, I think the, there are some... Uh, model some examples of companies doing that in sales talent, uh, remote sales talent, uh, design as well. Of course, I mean you could take uh, uh, Upwork or Fiverr and just split yeah. the yeah. Uh, sort of the yeah. category and just go with that 
let's say, I know, uh, search engine optimization talent and just marketing and kind of that talent. I think you need something more, just not just the talent. You need to have a specific, like, for example, in sales, you may have a community of sales or top performing salespeople that you test uh, from their previous kind of quotas and experiences, and then you provide that. It should be added value to go verticalized uh, rather than just general or horizontal as, a, as an upward model. So I think there is there are opportunities and you'd see more and more this you know verticalized platform uh, in the future. They're already here and there'll be more and more of those, I think. And you could argue you could build a billion dollar business in any of those verticals. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool because um it's almost like we're it's almost like we're bouncing a new business idea for anyone that wants to start that. Uh let us know. We'll we'll take ten percent of the equity and uh and let you have <laughs> that's that awesome. one. <laughs> um, okay, interesting. So, um, okay, we've talked about you talked about the three different categories, um, and in that, I assume this might differ. But what does the business model look like in regards to generating some revenue that makes this sort of sustainable long term? So, for us, uh, pretty straightforward. In the in the managed services, we we have the, um, the gross margins that we uh, put on top of the developer salary. So, typically, we we ask the developer the salary, we record that, and then we add up our margin. Uh, in the buyout kind of hiring fee, it's it's a typical uh, recruiting fee. Uh, you'd pay an agency, uh, depending on the level of developer, fifteen to twenty-five k, uh, give it or take, mm-hmm. and then you pay the fee and you'd hire the talent. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I think uh, one thing that we've sort of seen and we kind of touched on it earlier is that um, that we've got these. We're in this you know situation where there's higher interest rates and there's uh, a huge impact on venture capital investing where the cost of capital is, has risen so significantly that they're finding it harder and harder to raise money and fund new startups and, and fund really good ideas. Um, and so a lot of founders uh, that would connect, um, you know, there's a, there'll be a lot of founders that you would sort of see across the US and, um, and, and the UK especially um, and a few other places like that, that you're trying to connect this um, talent to. And, uh, they, you know, some of them would probably have a bootstrapped business that's already profitable from the get go. And some of them probably raise, and then, um, they have this really good idea, but it's obviously not going to be profitable for the next five years. Uh, what do you advise, um, founders to do when they consider, you know, bootstrapping versus raising this outside invested capital should small businesses, um, be pushing for this rapid growth in this current environment, or should they be sort of scaling it back a bit and um, and just kind of taking it a little more easy without the rapid growth so that they can lengthen their runway, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think if you could bootstrap, just bootstrap, I think you just raise money. Raising money is like the lot, in my opinion, is the last kind of resort or you just see a, such a big opportunity in front of you that now is the time to grab it and there is no other time. If you miss this train, it's gone. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of promoting this idea of bootstrapping. Uh, uh, but if there is a big opportunity in front of you, then raise money to grab that opportunity and be the first to market. That's that's also great strategy. So I think uh, what we're doing in our case, we uh, so in this time we are investing in product. So I think that's uh, number one. Number two is. Um, we're doing more of less. So ChatGPT is one of the thing, but there are also the other automations you could use in your company. Uh, you could that will increase productivity. That's the way moving forward and out of this uh, crisis. Um, if we just become a little bit more productive, then we'll do more, and then um, we'll uh, lower this um, inflation and this kind of um, uh, animosity around. Um, um, economy and so on. Uh, and last, I think it, it depends which industry you're in, but uh, I think first defense, uh, costs and uh, optimization, and then offense, just because you never waste a, cr- a good crisis. You, uh, I mean, the, the biggest money and the biggest market share is, is one in this time. I mean, um, and, uh, uh, 
fear and um, anxiety um, is not a good friend. Uh, sometimes it helps, but if you if you're covered in defense and your market is is there, you just have to be very strategic into acquiring clients and winning market share. Um, of course, um, extending your run runway and making sure you're not going to be able to raise in the next, I don't know, 12 months or 24. I don't know what is this market uh, of venture capital going to be, but I think it's wise just to to stay uh, lean, to stay profitable, find ways to hire developers remotely so you could extend your run, runway uh, or other employees, I don't know, sales or other roles, of course. And then... Um, yeah, accelerate your market, go offense, uh, accelerate your product development, and uh, uh, just build a dominant business out of uh, this. Uh, uh, when everyone is fearful, you're greedy. So that's the principle of Warren Buffett, I guess. Yeah. A bit of uh, Warren right. Buffett there. You've yeah, got to yeah, take, yeah, the, take yeah. the camera approach. That's good. Are you struggling to get your name out there? Do you want to attract more customers? Maybe just increase your revenue? Well... Look no further than Unique. They're an all-in-one marketing agency and they'll help take your business to the next level. They believe in marketing that should be both effective and enjoyable. And I tend to agree. So they offer a range of services such as web design, branding, social media management, and lead generation. The team of experts, they'll work with you to develop a tailored marketing strategy that fits the unique needs of your business. And they don't just stop at making you look good, but they're specialized in setting up lead generating machines. Their top secret methods will help you capture and convert your leads, leading to increased sales and revenue for your unique business. So search N-E-W-N-I-Q-U-E on Google to learn more and schedule a free, yes, free marketing consultation via their website. So let Unique take your business to the next level. Index is a tech-focused recruitment platform passionate about scaling your engineering team, maintaining 95% placement success. To date, they've vetted over 8,000 developers, boasting on average more than seven years' experience across their recruits. Index supplies talent to industry-leading clients such as Omeo, a German unicorn that's raised almost 500 million USD, Perforce, a US-based leading DevOps solutions provider with over 300 million USD in annual revenue, and many others, some of which are backed by firms such as Goldman Sachs and Y Combinator. So if you're struggling to find the right talent, concerned about high employee costs and staff turnover, Index has the solution for you. Through comprehensive assessments, in-depth interviews, and a robust vetting process, Index can provide your business with the very best international tech talent in less than seven business days. For contracts greater than six months, Index is offering a 10% discount to HQLA fans the next time you hire using their platform. As we sort of start to wrap up, I was interested in knowing whether, you know, you said this has been operating for about four years now, I think. Um, has there been any, and I know, you know, your world is very much pushing forward and macro of the company, I'm assuming. Um, but are you aware of, or, or is there any interesting projects that you know that you, that uh, Index has been a part of or, or contributed towards that you'd be interested in highlighting that have sort of been a highlight of the of the journey for you in the last four years? Or if not, um, what are you looking forward to in the future for the company? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Thank you for the question. Um, I, I think one great project we we uh, partner with, so we help them um, hire, I think, a team of uh, 10 already developers um, is Entropy. So this is a U.S. startup. Uh, what they're building is really amazing. They're s certifying this authenticity of luxury products uh, using this oh. uh, sort of uh, approach, scientifically proven approach uh, to identify counterfeits of product. So I think... Like a Rolex or something, Yeah, for or example. a bag, a Louis Vuitton bag. I don't know. What a, or a yeah. Louis Vuitton bag, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I think that's great. I think that's, uh, that's an, an amazing, cool project that... Um, uh, companies are using and uh, provides value, uh, protecting the supply chains and transaction in the retail or resale uh, in that uh, regards. Um, another startup, I mean, it's already a unicorn uh, 
Omeo. This is like um, Omeo, yeah, yeah. You know them, yes. It's uh, tr ground transportation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a German online travel kind of comparison and booking website uh, based of in Berlin. So um, I think that we're doing it's really amazing uh, in terms of uh, um, providing those routes when you're looking for a train, for a bus, for a flight. It just uh, yeah. Creates like more uh, convenience. Uh, uh, it's cheaper for the customer to find the right ticket. Yeah, and they they they've been amazing in the last years. They grew quite substantially. So we helped as well uh, hire engineers for them. And yeah, we have hundreds of clients. I think it's just great to see um, those products alive. To know that uh, you're on mission on providing this amazing talent that builds these products that helps uh, the world to become more efficient, to become better, to become um, just a positive uh, outcome um, out of this technology that we use. So yeah, it's great to to be part of that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's always good to hear that um, that you're actually kind of successfully making an impact with uh, those clients. And it's like, it's really cool because they're like these clients that you've been able to work with because of something that you've been able to build um, yourself because of an idea that you had. So it's it's really cool that it's it's like you're seeing the full entrepreneurial journey there. Um, and then they're they're providing value to, you know, for travel services. Um, with uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, for one more topical. Um, so there was a article that came out um, earlier in the week. It's specifically about my company, so it's it's a little uh, it's a little niche, but it was it was about it said forty nine thousand employees forced back into the office, you know, um, and so it was it was this huge thing um, about it. Do you think that there's a and then you know you you delve deeper and it said fifty percent of the time was kind of the subtext, <laughs> um, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but uh, it's it's a lot of a I think it's a really headline yes. grabbing Thank sort of thing honest. where everyone sees this huge scare headline and then it's like oh actually we're going to do hybrid. Um, but, uh, what do you, what do you think of the move from large corporations coming back into the office? Uh, do you think this is going to lead more people towards sort of those more startups where they have maybe more flexibility or they have more entrepreneurial ideas, um, and they can kind of do their own, um, more independent work as opposed to working in, in a large corporation. And, um, and what do you think about work from home after COVID? Is it here to stay or, um, or are we going to move more towards the hybrid? Yeah, so so what we see right now is like before COVID, remote was maybe five percent of the market, maybe less, uh, give it or take. So in COVID, that flipped. So we went from five to ninety-five percent. Everyone was remote, yeah. and then um, That's right. after COVID, right now you'd see like I don't know, fifty percent of companies going back to office and. Even those companies, a couple of days a week, maybe a couple of days a month, different variations. And then 50% of the companies will stay remotely, I think. I mean, give it or take, maybe in the next couple of years, that number will will uh, uh, will um, go um, maybe towards more uh, remotely. Just because what, what I see, for example, in corporate world, like people uh, are getting back... Uh, their employees to office and then those employees leave the company to go to work remotely. Those opportunities will be there for companies that are looking to hire, not based on location, but based on, on talent. And then you can hire those great engineers or other types of professionals. Of course, not all of them are for remote work. And then uh, that will provide your startup just that competitive advantage uh, because talent is the ultimate competitive advantage. And um, yes, you could argue in office, you can have this communication, this productivity, maybe higher. Uh, but at the same time, if you cannot build a great company remotely, or you cannot uh, sort of communicate and uh, increase your productivity remotely, I don't think in office will help you. Or... Uh, Yes, it'll be a little bit better, but then um, if you cannot do it remotely, then why would you do it in office? Yes, maybe uh, there is an argument like you need 
to get people in office, to brainstorm, to kind of create something in this, uh, at the water cooler or whatever. Uh, maybe that's true, but I also saw remote first companies doing really great and founders seeing themselves like after two years on, uh, uh, without seeing in person. So I think, uh, you can have both. I, I don't think there is A or B. You can have both. It's just uh, a matter of preference. And I, I'm not. I don't know. I worked remotely for ten years, and it's. I love it this way. Um, I love the office work, but not, not more than a day, a month. I don't know. <laughs> a day a month. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, like it. Yeah. If right, you can't you do go. it that's remotely, the... you can't do it at all. I think that's my takeaway from that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just uh, classic. Yeah. It's just too much. Uh, sometimes uh, it's good to meet a person. It's good to have those trips to get everyone in person. But just going to office and uh, commute, uh, I don't know, yeah. uh, energy and communication. Uh, yeah. It has its advantages, but it's also its advantages. Sometimes you. It's distraction for you when, when you're in in that office. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, everything yeah, you like, absolutely. I mean, yeah, every preference, flavor you can have, and I'm really excited that we had this um, remote work uh, experiment uh, for the good or for the bad. But um, it's it's yeah. a great opportunity for us as a humanity to uh, test and to see what works uh, and. I'm sure a lot of companies will will benefit from it and will be uh, growing out of this um, um, remote work and building great products, hiring great talent anywhere, and just be a better world out out of it. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, Sergio Matai, he's an international businessman. He's a multi-time founder, angel investor, entrepreneur, founder of Index. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, what are your expectations for Index in the next uh, five years? And how can people find you and Index if they want to see more? Yeah, so we're looking to to build a leading marketplace to hire remote software developers, tech talent. Yeah, our goal is to have a thousand developers, QA, um, uh, product managers hired through Index. So yeah, looking to, to, to build towards that and provide that high-performing tech talent for uh, companies around the world. Um, that's our mission, and we'll be building this um, in the next years to uh, to accomplish that. Love it. And how do people find you and the company if they want to find out more? Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, index.dev. That's yeah. Or you can drop me an email, Mate, my family name at index.dev. There you go. You're gonna get overrun with emails from our fans now. <laughs> um, listen as i said thank you thanks again so so much i know you're busy uh you know you're running a business and you're you are keeping the trains running in berlin and so <laughs> and so thank you so much um thanks so much for your time thank you guys thank you Nathan. thank you so nice being here